Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson, the most hated. With me, as always, the beloved Nathaniel Paul Thurston with a little dumb bleep Mm. for your Friday listening pleasure. It's the best day of the week where we finally get to talk about dumb things that have happened this week. The live group gets to vote on them, and we will decide what the official dumb bleep of the week is. Someone wrote a song about that. It's the most wonderful time of the week. Of the week, yeah. Yeah. That's how I remember it. It's that time of the week. Okay, so uh, this is Good Morning Liberty, by the way. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. So if you enjoy what you're hearing, then smash that follow or subscribe button on whatever tyrannical big tech platform you are using right now. Go ahead and do it. Leave a rating and review. All of that stuff. And we've got 10 dumb bleeps to go through in the next 46 minutes. Mm. So... You got this down to a science. Yeah, we're uh, we're gonna How many have to minutes average. Can we spend per dumb bleep? Four point six minutes per dumb bleep. That's all we got. Okay. All right. So here goes <laughs> number one, and that's gonna be tough because we have like four videos today. Okay. So right. we're gonna have to get going here. Here we go with number one. By the way, Charlie, how was how's your day going? Everything good? Oh, it's good. I'm ready okay. for number one. I'm just so used to you know you not wanting me to go yet. Hey. That. Uh, I just feel weird about it, you know? I'm like this anti-structure, mm-hmm. anti-walls type of person, and you're just yeah. a very, like, I got all this stuff in order. Look at all these... I'm far right, and you're far left minutes. when it comes to the time structure. Yeah, look at all these minutes I put together. I have such insane anxiety when there's any moment of silence whatsoever on the podcast. Unless something's, unless someone's asking you to take a moment of silence. Mm-hmm. Nate, can we have a moment of silence? What's it about? Thank no, you. let's go. That's, that okay. was nice. That Dang was it, you nice. got me. Okay, the DOJ is beefing <laughs> I up. I like to mix it up. I like he to does. just cut right in and just go off the tracks, you know, because that's what that's adventure true. people love to do. We like to mix it up. And, okay, so and that's what makes the show fun. It is and hilarious. It's a nice. Uh, it, it's a nice back and forth struggle we have mm. between chaos and order. It is <laughs> going on. <laughs> DOJ, here I come in, just wrecking the show. <laughs> <laughs> Reckon Nate's perfect show. The, the, the Department of Justice <laughs> beefs up efforts to combat criminal use of cryptocurrencies. Mm. This is all about keeping you safe. Of course. The way. Uh, that's the only thing they want to do. The U.S. government is intensifying efforts to combat the criminal use of cryptocurrencies. The National Cryptocurrency Enforcement Team. What? They now have? Mm-hmm. NCET oh. unveiled in October as part of an overall U.S. government uh, focus, is going to focus its resources on combating ransomware operators is getting its first director, Un Young Choi, I think is how that would be said. The FBI is forming a virtual asset exploration unit. Exploitation. Exploitation that, that will explore different ways that things are being exploited. An effort to combine cryptocurrency experts in areas such as equipment, blockchain, combine. I, you know, I grew up on a farm. What are you going to do about that? Combine. It's a you know, like the combine, like the like the races combine in NFL. That's the kind of thing I was thinking of. Yeah. You know, but mm-hmm. this is a different one. This is where they put things together. So they're they're they going to combine, combine cryptocurrency experts in areas such as equipment, blockchain analysis, and virtual asset seizure 
in one place to work investigations and provide training to the rest of the FBI. The group will work closely with, with the NCET. Additionally, the DOJ will launch an international virtual currency initiative to foster international law enforcement operations to track money through the blockchain and work to regulate and beef up anti-money laundering requirements regarding cryptocurrency. Mm. Now, throughout the rest of this article, here is, uh, they basically talk about, this is all going to be to protect us from Russia. Perfect timing. Are you serious? Yes, because all the (laughs) Russia ransomware attacks that we're constantly going through, some of those we've seen before, uh, they have asked for payment in Bitcoin, stuff like that. So while we are dealing with this Russia war with Ukraine, this potential situation that's happening over here, uh, we need to beef up our protection against Russia. This is for your safety. It's for the children who are using a lot of blockchain these days. This is going to keep everyone safe. But the problem is you don't have to look any further than our neighbors to the north in Canada to see how this is actually going to be used. And this is a good example of the rant that I went on on Tuesday that uh, we're totally fine with all this stuff because it's just going to keep us safe and they're never going to use it for anything bad at all except for they're going to use it for stuff that's bad. Okay. They will freeze your assets any chance they get. Yeah. Now, couple this with all the other things that the government does that they sign into law, and then basically you are – you're powerless if they want to target you. And so this is why these types of things are bad. Now, look, are there people that are money laundering and doing criminal things with cryptocurrencies? Yes. There are people that are still doing that with the dollar. Actually, probably way way more people doing that with the dollar. Probably still way more people. Um, and that's just going to be, there, there's always going to be criminals out there that nothing about this is going to be designed to protect you in any way. They will do media press about how they captured, you know, Silk Road founder and all the stuff that that guy was doing. The, um, uh, Un Young Choi, uh, was, is actually, was a lawyer and she argued, uh, in court against, uh, Ross Ulbricht's appeal, actually. So she actually helped make sure that he stayed in prison. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. it's great that you brought that up. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, I looked her up earlier. Obviously, she's trying to protect us all, mm-hmm. folks. Keeping everyone safe, for sure. But Dumb bleep number one. Yep. Okay. So dumb bleep number two. Charlie, why don't you give this a read real quick? If everyone's seen on the screen, if you're not watching, this is a picture of the Obamas, the Obama family mm. right here. Yep. And this is a post from, what do we say he did? Filmmaker, yes. producer for a show that's on HBO Max and probably some other stuff. Andy Ostroy. Yeah. Andy Ostroy with a blue check mark. So uh, a picture of the Obama family, Michelle and Barack Obama and their two daughters. Uh, the tweet reads, never lied, never cheated, never stole, never investigated, never impeached, never lost. Never incited a deadly insurrection. Not one blemish. <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it, it just is. amazing how you can just say things? Just say them. You just say them. You can convince yourself that it's true, too. Yeah. Like, this guy probably truly believes these things. Now, some of these are true. He was never impeached. Mm-hmm. He never lost an election. Uh, he didn't incite a, well, 
a deadly insurrection, at least in the United States. <laughs> um, it's possible that he directed other people for deadly insurrections in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he ever cheated, um, but if he did, uh, we we're not privy to that information. I don't know if he ever stole anything. He stole a lot of money from people. Well, yeah, that's true. You know, yeah, that's actually one of the main jobs. I believe that he was investigated, probably for some things. Well, that and he for sure lied. It's a tricky thing because when you're in control of the government and you're in the right on the right side of power, there, the fact that you weren't investigated isn't exactly evidence that you didn't do anything wrong. You know, that's one of the nice parts right there. You don't get investigated when the right person's in office. They only investigate the, the wrong people who are in office. Uh, never lie. So, I mean, there are a couple things. There's that whole IRS targeting conservatives scandal that happened. That was a scandal. That was a thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. That Fast and Furious thing, not the movie, but uh, Fast and Furious was a thing. Benghazi. Do you remember what Fast and Furious was about? Uh, there's a gun running thing to... Mexican drug cartels, I believe. Uh, giving, I believe some people. Basically giving guns away. Yeah. And then they got caught because a border patrol agent was shot mm-hmm. by one of those weapons that came guns from the that, ATF. Yeah. The ATF was supplying the criminals with guns just so they could track them. That yeah. was the thing. They could track them. And then one of those guns ended up killing one of their own. Uh, what a great idea. Yeah. And then there's that whole Benghazi thing. You know, that's one thing. Um, but, was that even a thing? Uh, I don't think it actually happened. I think that was actually Trump's fault somehow. Probably from yeah. what I from what I saw. Uh, also, um, I don't know if you guys remember Obamacare, but you could the average family of four was going to save twenty five hundred dollars per year per year mm-hmm. twenty five hundred dollars. We heard, in fact, Nate made a compilation video of all the times Obama said twenty five hundred dollars. There's a lot that you're going to save. And if you like your plan, you could keep your plan. Now that actually, if you like your doctor, you could keep your doctor. That you guys actually aren't watching got the video, um, but I'm who doing... who is it that does that? It was like lie of the year. If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor from a from someone who typically is more on the left wing. I can't remember who it was. If you like your plan, you can keep your plan. If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor, and that was. Uh, a very, very big lie. But the to me, the more dumb part about this is really where we've gotten on our teams. We're like, you can truly believe that this man who was president for eight years, you're, tr- are you trying to tell me that he, you're telling me that he never lied. Hmm. He never stole, never did anything worthy of investigation. Never. He was just as pure as a driven stove. There's no way that he ever did he's anything bad. Not black like these, Jesus. Not like these Republicans. Mm-hmm. And if he did do anything bad, you know what? That was the the white side of him's fault. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's that move. was the, the, the Republican-controlled House and Senate. Yeah. Who kept you from your agenda. <sighs> okay, so that's dumb bleep number two, the, the magically perfect Obama. Uh, dumb bleep number three, my dumb bleep here, is just going to be a video that we're going to play. And uh, this is something that Nancy Pelosi said in regards to inflation earlier in the week. Pretty awesome. They're asking her about inflation. And let's see what she had to say uh, about this real fast. Let's talk about the situation here at home. Families are feeling a hit from the highest inflation in 40 years. Hold on. First off, <laughs> what is she doing? What, what is she doing with her, with her mouth there at the beginning? It's awesome. 
Let's talk about the situation here at home. Families are feeling a hit from the highest inflation in 40 years right now, costing the average American family about $275 He's moving the lip injections around. What can Congress do right now to bring those costs down? Well, what, let me just talk about the inflation thing, because people are saying, well, what we're spending is causing inflation. The fact that people have jobs always contributes to an increase in inflation, and that's a good thing. But inflation is not a good, you know, we have to contain yeah, that. Wages are not keeping up with prices. That's right. Okay. I don't know if you caught that. The Okay, let me switch this back to our cameras here. The fact that people have jobs always contributes to inflation. We got to take a break and talk about our sponsor, BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness, something preventing you from achieving your goals? I've gone through this before. Charlie's gone through this before. He uses BetterHelp himself. I've gone and talked to counselors before. Sometimes maybe you're being a little bit too hard on yourself. Maybe there's a different perspective that you need to look out for. Taking care of your mental health is something that is very important and it's also very possible. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You're going to connect in a safe and private online environment, so much more convenient than fighting traffic, going into the office somewhere. You just get on the app and talk to someone. You can start talking to them in under 24 hours. This is not some self-help app. This is actual professional counseling. You can send a message to your counselor anytime, and you're going to get a timely and thoughtful response. And you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, all without ever having to go to that freaking waiting room. BetterHelp is committed to giving you great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if you need to. If they match you up with someone and you don't like them, you can switch over to someone else. It's more affordable than actually going into the office because you're just doing it over an app. And this is available worldwide. You got expertise in so many different areas. Depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family, grief, self-esteem. Anything you share is confidential. This is very convenient, it's professional, it's affordable because you're doing it through an app instead of going into the office. You can go to the website and check out the testimonials. And by the way, this is not a crisis line. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. There's a reason for that because a lot of people are using this app to get help. If you want to start living a happier life today as a listener, you get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash GML. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P. That's betterhelp.com slash GML. Well, people are saying that it's because we're spending all this money. Let me correct them and say it's because they have jobs. <laughs> that's what it is. That's and that's why. a good thing. So well, inflation's because- a good thing. But then she turns right around and says... But it's not, it's not a good thing. You know, it's too high. We got to, we got to get, you know, something, we have to do something about this. In the span of 10 seconds, like you just said, she went from saying the people having jobs always contributes to inflation. That's a good thing. But uh, inflation's not a good thing. (laughs) I've never dry my feet on these people keep getting in office. I don't don't understand it. I don't. Joe Bizzle said we just want to date her. That's what it is. I can't for the life of me figure out how these people... Not only get into office, but then she's Speaker of the House. Yeah. It's impressive, honestly. And she's running for re-election. This type of thing makes me believe that, um, that you know, your, your parents were right. 
You can be anything you want to be. Yeah, you can do whatever you want when you grow up. Yeah. You can even be like Nancy. Now, okay, one thing, what she had to say, uh, people having jobs always contributes to inflation. Okay, so as far as prices going up, yes, people having buying power, the ability to buy things contributes to the price of things going up. If no one had any jobs, prices would go down pretty quick because no one would have any buying power at all. And so what she's trying to say is, well, since we have created so many new jobs, of course there's inflation because people are able to buy things. There's a part of that that's true because, uh, well, when more people are able to buy things. Supply and demand. But the problem is uh, our jobs numbers are... are, uh, Labor force participation rate, all of a sudden, is not exactly back to where it even was before the whole pandemic, but prices are crazy, you know. But what she tries to do is spin it off into, well, that's because we did such a good job creating so many jobs so fast. Couldn't be those stimmy checks or or any of the corporate bailouts or the PPP loans or anything like that, could it? Yeah. Couldn't be any of those things that the government spent $6 trillion on. Okay, so that's number three. Like I said, we get 4.6 minutes. It boils down to supply and demand. Yeah. Right. And we have supply issues because of government forced shutdown. I mean, look at the car market right now. It's absolutely insane. I just yeah. got an email. They're trying to get my truck back. Since when was a car a good investment? Never. Apparently, you should it have just now. bought all the cars. I need to sell at the top right <laughs> I <know. laughs> here. I literally got an email from the dealership saying, hey, we want the truck back. Yeah. Like, Please bring your truck in because we'll pay you way more than it's worth. And uh, we'll get you set up in a new one for even a better deal. It's crazy. It's absolutely nuts. But that's because everybody got their, what was it, $2,000 stimmy checks, and they went, a bunch of people bought new cars. Because at the time, when stimmy checks first went out, uh, nobody was buying cars. And because everybody, this pandemic just started, they mm-hmm. were offering crazy deals, 0% financing. They uh, A lot of the sales prices were... Uh, or there were huge sales. The rental companies they were dumping their inventories. Yes, yes. And now, now we uh, we had a chip shortage. The manu- uh, the factory shut down. I had a buddy of mine who worked at Nissan got laid off mm. immediately. He's working somewhere else now. Good, good for him. But uh, I think Nissan laid off like I don't know four thousand workers. And so now probably just because of the Canadian truckers, actually. Yeah, probably. But now we have this huge shortage. And then we dumped a bunch of money into the economy. So now you have all this buying power with too few goods. And so what ha- what has to happen? The price has to go up. Mm-hmm. Um, how bad do you really want that new or used car? So all right, it's, it's not, this isn't rocket science. It's not rocket surgery. But we can talk about a rocket scientist if you want to. Uh, we'll talk about Bernie Sanders. Does he quote? Does he count as a rocket scientist? No. no. Okay. No. Uh, you're dumb bleep number oh, four, this, Chuck. Okay, number four. Uh, from, from Bernie. Oh, I miss him. In January, the child poverty rate increased by 40% in just one month, jumping from 12% to 17% as 3.7 million children slipped into poverty. How did this happen? 50 Republicans and one corporate Democrat allowed the $300 a month child tax credit to expire. That is morally obscene. That's how that happened. Yeah. That's how they went into poverty. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have anything to do with, uh, you know, the government shutting down anything, nothing like that. With, you know, there's a few different things here. One, were they ever actually out of poverty because they were just getting a government check 
every single month that they were having to pay for. Mm-hmm. You know, the people still think that when you receive government money that you're not going to have to pay for it. He's talking about 300 bucks a month that people were getting. You know what's really uh, cool about that? <laughs> Inflation costing the average household 276 more per month. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. I got the receipts. <laughs> <laughs> On average. On average, 276 more a month. But um, yeah, that's you don't have to pay for it. You just get that money from the government and nothing bad happens. Yeah, exactly. At all. But that's not really solving poverty, is it? Oh, God. <laughs> There's that's so many. <laughs> chickens are coming home for their eggs. It's just corporate greed. Yeah. That's all it is. Isn't that interesting that the, the price basically lines up? I mean, weird. I guess they saved, you know, $24. <clears throat> that's true. Yeah. That's the first... Government benefit that was ever actually a benefit, I guess. Now, what what also changed with this child tax credit thing, now it's not going to be as, quote, good, unquote, for people as it was, but the child tax credit, which has always been there, is still going to be there. The big thing that changed was they switched from taking it off your taxes at the end of the year to paying it out to you up front. And so you could have the money to spend right now. So the program that's been there since 1997 is still there. And so that didn't change. The other thing was it became <clears throat> um, fully refundable. So some people who uh, didn't hit the income thresholds uh, that weren't able to get the child tax credit, they were then getting it. And uh, But I don't think you would. Did you ever get a child tax credit, Charlie? No. Baby mama? I think she got some. Okay. All right. I never saw any Just checking. It. Uh, but anyways, uh, so not everyone's going to be getting it, but th- it's not quite as big of a shift as what they're saying. Like, we still have the child tax credit program that's been there since 1997. It's still there. They're just going back to the old way of doing it. Yeah. it it's going to be uh, taken from your taxes or, uh, at the end of the year. So anyway, just a little bit of stuff on that. I don't know why I put a five there because that was dumb number four. Dang it, I messed the numbers up. Okay. All right, Elizabeth Warren. Next one. This is dumb bleep number five. <sighs> Messed the numbers up. Going to mess up the whole thing. Warden Warren. It's been a while since yeah. heard from her, Chief Warren. I uh, I unfollowed a lot of the people on Twitter that were ruining my life. And recently <laughs> I started looking back at them. Number five. After years of government support, Tesla had its most profitable year ever. But it won't contribute a dime in federal taxes. The freeloading must end, and I'm fighting to close international tax loopholes and establish a corporate profits minimum tax. Oh, God. Okay, so she links to this article in here from CNN, and she's talking about this international profits loophole. And what she's talking about is something that a lot of companies do. Uh, They put the, basically their intellectual property is held overseas, and they can essentially claim their profits on this overseas corporation instead of in the U.S., now, in the CNN article, they start off by speculating that that's what Tesla is doing. And then 21 paragraphs later, they say, actually, we don't know that that's what they're doing. And this guy says, that's not it. They're actually not profitable in the U.S. 21 paragraphs into the article. You counted the paragraphs. I, ca- I counted them. I knew that was Because I had to scroll specific. down several times to get to that part, finally. That was oddly Pacific, man. In this article, they say, Tesla may not plan to pay federal taxes at any time in the foreseeable future, even though the company just reported by far its most profitable year ever. In 2021, Tesla recorded a net income of $5.5 billion, an adjusted income of $7.6 billion. But buried in the footnote of its recent annual financial filing... 
With the SEC, Tesla reports that its U.S. operations lost $130 million last year. It claims that all of its pre-tax profits, more than $6 billion worth, came from overseas operations, even though 45% of its revenue came from U.S. sales. And so, like I said, uh, they go into, uh, they, they talk about someone who's speculating that this is what they're doing, is the international profits thing. Uh, Sullivan said he believes the $130 million loss on U.S. operations is most likely due to a common practice for U.S. corporations structuring their operations so that overseas subsidiaries are the ones reporting income. Uh, For example, a company can assign its intellectual property to one of those foreign entities and charge its U.S. unit a fee for using that. It's pretty smart, really. Mm -hmm. This is all legal, by the way. Once again, this is a common practice for companies that lose money. Uh, Oh, they also go in here and say, uh, that they could also carry forward their losses, basically. And so that's another thing, because they lost money for a long time. That's another thing that people need to uh, remember. Later on, they say there's another possible reason that Tesla might have reported the pre-tax loss. One that isn't as much uh, accounting designed to lower taxes as it is a warning sign. They say that it is still losing money on cars that's selling in the United States, and it can only make money using lower costs of rel- a relatively new factory in Shanghai, China. Uh, let's see. Gordon Johnson points out that Tesla was losing money overall until it started producing cars in Shanghai in October 2019. The other part of this is, and this is the dumb bleep part, is this overall belief from people that you should lose money. It's totally fine to lose money just year after year after year. Does the government owe you any money when you lose money? No. No. But as soon as you get that that record profit, you got to pay the government their money. They want a right piece. There. So the idea here that is dumb is that when you're losing money, of course you don't owe anything to the government. The government doesn't know, the people don't owe anything to you for you losing that money. You still got to make sure you're paying all of your workers to all that stuff. But as soon as you have any profits, you owe that to us. It's our profits. It's not our losses, but it's our profits. And There's so, another organization that operated like that. I can't think mm. of them. Uh, I think they were in New York. It's big. The, like a mafia? Yeah. Ma- okay. Is that how you say it? Mafia? Yeah. Is that what you were actually going to say? I think so. I okay. read about it once. Okay. And I think that that's how they operated. Mm-hmm. So... Same thing, yeah. By the way, folks, um, I, I put in here just so everyone this is now, and this is not to include the PPP loans and stuff that <clears throat> corporations got because they did get money, yeah, from the government for losing money, yeah. But this was a one-off thing. But it's not like Amazon wasn't receiving; they weren't dipping into people's paychecks mm-hmm. for their losses. Okay, and so now. Uh, and Amazon lost money for a long time till they turned a profit. And now they're obviously very profitable because they kept reinvesting and building the business so that they could get to these types of profits. And Tesla's doing a similar thing. And I think you should be able to carry over those losses. Yeah. It's like, look, I lost $100 million. So until I make back my $100 million, I've never made a profit. How are you going to take a percentage of anything? Because I'm still in the hole. It is the most fair way of s- stealing money from people. This was I was mad about this at the casino. Remember we went to the casino mm-hmm. in January. And before we left, I hit a jackpot um, at a slot machine. I don't play slots often, but when I do. 
He does really well on slot well, machines, and it's somehow. pretty freaking annoying. But I had already, like, I was down for the weekend. And then I win a little bit of money that basically got me back to break even. But they still took taxes out. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't profitable yet. I'm like, <laughs> how, how do you decide that this one transaction can be taxed? But other transactions, like, how... It, do I don't I don't do I get the weekend? You didn't get the write off your losses at no, the casino. No, yeah, that's the thing. And actually, uh, to be able to write off your losses from gambling, this is crazy. You have to have more than fifty percent of your income. Has you have to, to be a professional from, gambler. Yeah, it has to yeah. come from gambling mm-hmm. to be able to write off your losses. But if you win anything, mm-hmm. you better pay your taxes on it. Yep. But I, I don't understand how you can't combine them. It makes no sense whatsoever. It's unbelievable. Uh, okay, this is number six. Actually, I believe. Uh, this is a... I, sorry, <clears throat> Joe. No, this casino actually takes it out of your winnings. <laughs> Seriously, I had to pay the Indiana state tax. Oh, they took it out before yes, you could take yes. it? Yes. That wasn't just a form that you had to file. No, and it okay. wasn't a huge jackpot. I mean, it was $1,200, which is nice. But I literally, I only got paid like 1150 bucks. They mm-hmm. took like $50 out of my winnings before I, they didn't, I didn't get the money. But they weren't just going to offer you money when you're no, walking out the I door had to 20 pay minutes the, earlier. Literally had to down. pay the tax. Yeah. Right there. That's they crazy. They took it out. It's insane. All right. Go with, um. this is a recap of one from Monday, but I figured we're doing dumb bleep of the week here and we can't, we can't not put this one in here. Okay. So this is you, Chuck. We went over this before, but this is dumb bleep number six. It has to be in here to be voted on. There's some notes in here from. So why? This is why shrugging off Joe Rogan's use of the N-word is so dangerous. (laughs) So we accept the mainstreaming of a form of political violence that's as dangerous as the January 6th attack. These are just just little parts from the article. It's the same thing, folks. Mm -hmm. It's the same violence. Something else happens that's even more deadly when people in positions of power use dehumanizing language to describe other groups' atrocities often follow. Then they blame Rwanda. Yeah. This is not ancient history. Consider what happened less than 30 years ago in Rwanda when some 800,000 civilians were slaughtered in a three-month period in 1994. What triggered the violence in part were, were the messages that came from people in positions of power in Rwanda. Many like Rogan had a public megaphone and an audience. Don't let the Rogan N-word controversy devolve into another tired discussion about cancel culture. This moment is bigger. If Rogan goes on with business as usual, all of us, not just black people, will pay a price. Our country won't be the same. This is another January 6th moment. Mm. It is the same thing. Yeah, it's basically the same thing. Now, let's give a little credit that he's not totally wrong in the fact that that people can use speech... Mm. Yeah. To, uh, for instance, we could talk about World War II and the Jews. I'm not going to say the N-word. But we could talk about um, some guy giving several speeches, blaming a certain group of people. But that's the thing. How you use words matter. Mm-hmm. I don't think Rogan's... In fact, I know Rogan's not out there on his podcast talking to 11 million people telling everyone to go round up all the N-words. It's not what he's saying. No. He's saying it's a weird word. The words are violence. The context matters on how you use words. So that's it's just 
it's just absolutely ridiculous. All right, I don't so believe number six. That's number six. Okay, here we get to. All right, we got to throw this in here. And by the way, the um, <clears throat> the actual card, the actual cartoonist uh, that did this responded to my comment on Dan Price's page. Really? Yeah. And um, he thought that he had a really good response, and then I came up uh, with much better ones, and then he didn't respond after that. But you know Imagine how it that. goes. Okay, so he said Capitalism 2022 recaps. We've already talked a lot about this, so this is Dumbleep number seven. Uh, this is 2022 corporate rebranding in the cartoon. They're in a board meeting, and there's a and there there's a an easel here holding a little presentation thing. The top word is inflation. The second one is price gouging. They've crossed out price gouging, and they're now going to use the word inflation instead. So all of these higher prices that is price gouging. There you go. Mm-hmm. Okay, you guys, uh, you guys know the thing. So uh, the artist responded and posted this uh, CNN article, I think, or CNBC article talking about how profits were up 50% in 2021, December 2021. And so I asked him, I said, do you really think, do you, I said, do you see any problems with comparing 2021's profits with 2020 when there were economic shutdowns happening in 2020? I said, do you see any problem doing that? And then I went through and I told him all of the different, all of the different company names that Dan Price has been talking about and the fact that those companies weren't even at 2018 net, net profit levels uh, with the exception of Tyson Foods, which has crossed its 2018 net profit level by 0.05%. And I, and I put that in there. And so he hasn't. What's funny is in the, you guys should always look into doing the live group because while we're up here just spitting truth, they're talking about like it's a, something about a used car. I see mileage going through here. I saw a Dodge Avenger I'm uh, in on it. come through here. Are you in on it yeah. too? What are you guys talking about? They said that dudes know the mile, uh, the miles on their car. And I was like, yeah, that's actually true. Yeah, mine's at 88,000. Yeah, see? <laughs> it's a 2018. It's at 88,000 yeah. miles. I'm at about 23.5, and my wife's car is running around 107. All right. Let's, uh, so very important things happen. Oh, we got a video here. Let's play this video real quick. And um, this, one got my, this one got my blood pressure going. So just Number here. eight. This is some kids in a school. Can you, can you expand videos on Instagram? You can't, can you? Okay. Well, here you go. A bunch of kids in the school hallway carrying picket signs and chanting Black Lives Matter. Okay, that's all we got to play on that. That'll be enough. But no, these education bills have nothing to do with what they're trying to do in schools. It's It's just all about taking away teachers' free speech. Uh, there's nothing going on in classrooms. Now, this is, an, this is anecdotal evidence here. This is one thing happening. But I, I don't know. I get extra offended by the uh, very straightforward indoctrination of kids. Do you think these kids have any idea what they're chanting about at all? Do they have any clue what they're chanting about? So what's the point? Right. That, that's what I want to know. It's indoctrination. 
Yeah. That's exactly what's going on. And it's also, you know, what's so weird is people, you know, I guess, I guess you can say left and right, but I feel like you've always seen it on the left. The willingness to use children to push your ideology forward, because it's like you can't argue with a kid. You know, you can't tell a kid that they're uh, an idiot or anything. They're a kid, you know, you can't say they're wrong. I mean, you should yeah. say that they're wrong. But uh, I, I find it extra disgusting. I don't know. Anyway. It's also, I mean, there's nothing wrong to, there's nothing wrong about teaching about protests. No. And um, it's not like black lives don't matter. So that's, that's fine. But if you're going to hold picket signs and have a march and chant like they're participating in a protest, they have no idea what's going on. Yeah. No clue. No clue. And all you're doing is trying to indoctrinate them into a certain, you know, belief system. And it shouldn't, I just don't think that should be in school. I don't either. And I, I, I just, the, you know, we keep saying it over and over again, but they, they have no idea what they're chanting. So what my question is, what is the point of this? Do you think they actually understand what's happening? No, they don't. They, you made signs for them. Maybe you told them to make the signs. They're carrying them. They're chanting. They're saying what you told them to say. And uh, does this make people feel better somehow? Do they actually feel like something's being done for justice or anything like that? I don't get it. Okay, so um, Charlie, what do you see here from Robert Reich the third? Okay, for dumb bleep number nine. So this is dumb bleep number nine, folks. I think we're going to do it. We are. Yeah, from Robert Reich, Nate's favorite economist. Uh, myth. This is what he tweets out. Myth. It's got a video with it. The left and right have gotten more extreme. The truth. The left has barely moved. The right has moved far, far rightward. <laughs> okay, so let's watch his video. Can we just say things like this too? Yeah, just say whatever you want. I, I just don't know why we don't use the same tactics. We just post the same thing. It's hard for say, us to use the same tactics because everything we're saying is true. Right, <laughs> so, right. Well, what, do you, what should we say? Everything we're going to say ends up being true. <laughs> Les, how could you be any more dumb? Okay, let's watch this fine. This one wins without the video even playing. (laughs) How did we get so politically divided? Well, it's not because both sides have gotten more extreme. Look, I got my start in American politics 50 years ago. My political views then, uh, to grossly simplify them, were that I was against the Vietnam War and the military-industrial complex, strongly supportive of civil and voting rights, and against the power of big corporations. That put me here, just left of the center. Back then, the political spectrum from left to right was short. The biggest political issue was the Vietnam War. The left was demonstrating against it, sometimes violently. Since I was committed to ending the war through peaceful political means, I volunteered for George McGovern, the anti-war presidential candidate. Even Richard Nixon on the right was starting to look for ways out of Vietnam. 25 years later, I was in Bill Clinton's cabinet, and the left-to-right political spectrum stretched much longer. The biggest change was how much further right the right had moved. Ronald Reagan had opened the political floodgates to corporate and Wall Street money, bankrolling right-wing candidates and messages that decried big government. Bill Clinton sought to lead from the center, but by then the center had moved so far right 
that Clinton gutted public assistance, enacted tough-on-crime policies that unjustly burdened the poor and people of color, and deregulated Wall Street. Pause. All of which put Pause. the further to the... Pause. By the way, that President Biden wrote that Bill Clinton signed into law, that President Biden wrote. Yeah. I thought you were just going to say that everything he was saying was made up. No, I mean, everything he's saying is made up, but Jesus, that one is so obvious. So what he's basically presenting here, we don't... Keep going. I've just... There, there's, only, there's only a little bit left. You guys get the basic idea here. Uh, the left has stayed exactly the same. Nothing has changed from them. They look more left right now because the right has gone so far to the right. Actually, he does say something else that's worth listening to left of the center, although my political views had barely changed. Today, the spectrum from left to right is the longest it's been in my 50 years in and around politics. The left hasn't moved much at all. We're still against the war machine, still pushing for civil and voting rights, still fighting the power of big corporations. But the right has moved far, far rightward. Donald Trump brought America about as close as we have ever come to fascism. He incited an attempted coup against the United States. He and most of the Republican... Okay, I wanted to hear that part. <laughs> Donald Trump brought it, it... This is gaslighting and projection at its finest. And that's why, that's why it's, uh, those are such effective tools that people use so often. And, and when you're the first person to come out with this or when, when you're taking the lead on making these claims, you end up looking like the person who's correct on the claims. But are we really like is, is Trump really the closest to fascism that we came? Does he know what that means even? He's an economist. He should know what it means. I mean, we're, we're we get closer to the fascism every year. So I guess you could say he brought us closer to fascism than we have been while he was president. But we've just gotten closer to it now. You know, all roads lead to fascism. Yeah. Trump train just hopped on the same train that was already moving towards it. Yeah. He talks about how the left was against war, and he mentions Vietnam, which was started by a Democrat president. Yeah. <laughs> there was a president before him that was a Democrat, too, that weirdly got assassinated, and then we were <laughs> then we went into Vietnam. Mm -hmm. A little bit of that. I mean, just, just some weird stuff like that. But you just say this, oh, the left was against the war, and I was against the war in Vietnam. And, and we've held true. There was a freaking Democratic president in office when we got in it. And then he says that Nixon wanted to get us out of Vietnam. He was a Republican. <laughs> it's, it's impressive, yeah. honestly, that you can be so deranged. And what, what's actually, and so maybe they hold some of those same values, but the, what, what really changed are, are the tactics. We've got... I mean, just look at the, the cultural part. When you look at the cultural left, it has by far moved way further to the left than where it used to be. Barack Obama was against gay marriage, okay? Right. Now, that's wrong. You shouldn't be against that, I don't think, okay? You can be if you want to. That's fine, whatever. But to sit here and act like there hasn't been any shift anywhere for, the, for people on the left, it's just purely lying, it's just lying. That's all it is. And did we reduce the amount of wars and bombing that we were in <laughs> under Democratic leadership? No. Not at all. Not at all. And so, well, except I guess you could say Biden. He did it in the war in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe Clinton it? had less 
wars, you know, then, uh, Still had, still, still had conflicts. Still had conflicts. So we yeah. just don't call them wars. Was it Panama, I believe? Um, right? He had, I remember, you know, for some reason, I still Rwanda? remember watching Strike Against Yugoslavia was on, was on there. And, and uh, I mean, there was still stuff going on for sure. Uh, there just wasn't like a full invasion of Iraq like we had uh, before that. But yeah, the only nukes dropped on people were Democrats mm-hmm. <laughs> in World War II. <laughs> it's, That's true. Was Truman a Democrat? I, I mean, I guess, I guess he was. Um, I'd, I'd actually never looked at that before. He, he dropped the, he dropped the bomb. So I just assume he was a Republican. You know, that's what my, uh, oh, FDR's VP. Okay. Well, now that makes sense. FDR died. Okay. That works. That makes sense. I just never really thought about that before. Yeah. So this whole idea, the left has stayed the same, but the right has gotten more right. And what's, you know, I think both sides have gotten more extreme. And as both sides get more extreme, each side is going to get more extreme. And what really changes are the tactics that are being used. I don't think you can argue that the left has stayed the same over this entire time. And that's the only problem. And that is the argument that he is making. Fact check. False. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, we got to get the votes Somebody in. Somebody asked who listens to this guy. Uh, a lot of people. Yeah. He's got a massive following, sells a lot of books. So. Okay, let's, uh, let's run through the recap here real quick. That was. Ten off, huh? What's up? Gotcha. I'm backing you up. Oh, there isn't a 10. I messed up on the numbers. Son of a... Number one, the DOJ working on cryptocurrency to make it safer, of course, not for any other reasons that we've seen going on around the world. Number two, Obama never lied, never cheated, never stole, never was investigated. Uh, Nothing bad ever, uh, ever happened. Not one blemish. Number two. Number three, Pelosi says that the fact that people have jobs always contributes to inflation. They just did such a good job giving jobs. Number four, Bernie Sanders uh, talking about the child poverty rate increasing by 40% in one month. And the child tax credit, that's number four. And see, that's where I messed up. That's a part of number four. Number five, Elizabeth Warren talking about Tesla freeloading because it didn't contribute a dime in federal taxes. What about all the jobs they created, though? It was like 100,000 jobs. Well, that led to inflation. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) So. That's number five. (laughs) Number six, uh, Joe Rogan's use of the N-word is the new January 6th moment. Same thing, actually. Same thing. Maybe worse. I think it is. Worse than Jan 6th. Number seven, Dan Price, price gouging. Nope, we're going to call it inflation now, but it's really price gouging. Number eight is uh, the video of the kids chanting Black Lives Matter. And number nine is Robert Reich's left and right myth. All right, y'all, get your votes in. If you enjoyed today's episode of Dumb Bleep of the Week, please share it with a friend, share it with a colleague, share it with the children, especially elementary age. Have this playing uh, in their backpacks as they go to school, which I think would be much more appropriate, and I will try to clean up my F-words for the children. (laughs) I cut it out. Nice. Thank you. So share it with a friend. Sign up at goodmorningliberty.locals.com to be part of the live group if you want to get on the votes. That's the only way we do uh, require you to pay to vote. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what we do. The poll tax. It's, it is our poll tax. So mm-hmm. it's only five bucks a month, going up to $6 soon because of this magical thing called inflation. We're just hopping on the same train. 
Uh, so that's going up 20%. That's a big increase in cost there. So mm-hmm. $6 a month. So you want to get in now before the price goes up pretty soon. At this rate, we're going to be at $100 in a couple months. <laughs> will be the minimum. So you might want to sign up now. Goodmorningliberty.locals.com. And uh, leave us that rating and review and make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. Who is our dumb bleep winner? Uh, it's uh, Mr. M-Word, Joe Rogan. Is it? The new January 6th is, is what is won uh, handily. Yeah, that's a lot of votes there. Yeah, pretty good amount of votes for that one. So that is what won this time. Good job, Joe. And good job by John Blake from writing for CNN hmm. for this piece. We do appreciate Not all the content. Not even an opinion piece. It just says analysis. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. All right, y'all. I know you enjoyed today's episode. Leave us that rating and review and share it with a friend, as I said. Do all of those things. We'll be back again on Monday. Hope you have a good weekend and a good morning, Liberty. Liberty.